For most of humanity, there's been a system of government where a small minority rules over the people. From emperors to monarchs to oligarchs, the will of the people, the desire for self-determination has been repressed. A group of visionaries envisioned a nation ruled by its citizens, one where leaders were chosen by its people to be held accountable. Hence, the United States of America was born. That dream of democracy has been defiled. We find today, our nation is run by a minority not held accountable to its people. Instead, special interests and money are the driving forces of our government. At Candidates Platform, we look to restore that vision. Our goal is twofold, to educate voters on the issues of the candidates running for local and state office, and to give the citizen the opportunity to run for office by having a simple, intuitive, cost-effective place to manage their campaign. Let's work together to restore democracy to the people. Hello, hello. This is Diego signing on to the CP Show. Hope everyone is having a fantastic Saturday night. It's been a crazy week in the political world, and we have a lot to talk about. We have a great show for you guys tonight. But first, as always, here is my lovely co-host, Kathleen. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you very much on this hot summer day. You know, can't complain really yet. Can't Shouldn't complain because it's just the beginning of the hot summer in Phoenix. But, um, hey, that's the way it is, right? Phoenix doesn't really have anything to complain about. Uh, <laughs> the Suns are doing the Suns are doing well in Phoenix. They might that's go true. Championship. So let's keep our fingers crossed. It's been a long time since the days of Charles Barkley. Yep. So it'll be uh, definitely interesting. I heard there's a little bit of um, a lot of people. I've at least I've talked to say that they think uh, that um, it's kind of they're trying to fix it for LA because they want a bigger market to be in the championship. <laughs> so they don't want to know if it's like Milwaukee and Phoenix. They think it's gonna be like a small small town oh. market. So I, I, that's what I've heard. But I don't think there's any. And and I wouldn't put it past the the the. TV stations or what are the networks to feel that way? But what a shame, you know. That you never know. There's a lot of people in Phoenix. There's a lot it's, of. I mean, it's it's a big city now, and it's and a I, big I, city. I could definitely see you know a couple, uh, a, you know, kind of smaller teams, you know, and, not, and they're not even that small, but smaller comparatively, you know, th- those two in the championship. I mean, that's that'd be kind of fun, you know, kind of a different than just like clip miami uh clippers miami here not yeah clippers, uh, lakers I think miami we're all kind of bare, kind of our board of that too to tell you the truth we need some diversity isn't that the key word these days <laughs> right yeah, yeah. And, and talk about heat and hotness and you know the politics never seems to 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 settle down there's so much going on and and um you know it's it's the kind of just a crazy time i was at a mixer for you know like finances and I was talking to quite a few older gentlemen and you know kind of our age group that baby boomers we're all kind of really I think we're more freaked out than any generation about what we see happening in whether it's the universities or in the voting booth or you know um, just whatever it is even filling out paperwork in a clinic you know is is enough to make your your blood boil so there's a lot of stuff going on unfortunately yeah, definitely. I mean, there's um, there's a lot of things. I think right now we're kind of in this little crossroads. You know, we have um, kind of with both parties. Um, I'm not sure if you if you heard, but you know, Trump kind of had his first major rally back since uh, since Biden took office, and I think there's a little bit of kind of you know unsurety of you know with both in 2024 with both you know Trump having lost the um, the uh, the reelection campaign. It's really Generally speaking, once you lose, you know, your election, you don't really get a second go of it. And then, you know, Biden is somewhat, you know, questionable of whether he'll be running um, in you know, three years now. And so I think there's a little bit of both parties of like, what's the next step? Where are they going? Um, and, and everything. So I think it'll be it's definitely both both sides of the political field are kind of trying to figure out where their party is going, what direction they're going, who who the kind of the front runners are, because I think a lot on both sides a lot of the the old the big names you know are kind of not really all that well liked they don't have the the popular support i mean even i think like bernie sanders or 
or Kamala or, or those guys. I mean, I think they're kind of tired. They're a little bit tired, you know. People aren't mm-hmm. super interested. They've heard that all before, and, and it hasn't gone anywhere. Well, it's going to be interesting because I think people want to hear from somebody new. At the same time, they're afraid to hear from somebody new. Everyone, you know, is somewhat, I think, in a in a, in a kind of a, a ponder. You know, mm-hmm. where is the system going? You know, what we've been used to is no longer what we're going to be used to. Mm-hmm. And the norm is really questionable. What is the norm? Mm-hmm. Um you know, it seems to be ever changing, ever changing, and um, you know, especially for I think people over fifty, we're you know wondering is this really the beginning of the end? And in, in many ways, of what we knew the system to be, you know, I, I kind of think freedom of speech. I never ever thought that I would get older to fear that that's something that's just not happening anymore in the United States. It's just Mm -hmm. something that breaks, you know, a lot of older people's heart. I know it's a different kind of feeling for you guys, but you know, maybe that's what happens to every, every generation as they age, you know, Mm -hmm. things change and you, you have to wonder why and where it's going. But anyway, um, I mean, do you have any, uh, I always kind of like to get people's kind of opinion on it. Do you have any kind of, guesses i guess or predictions on who you think the next uh big names in both the gop and the dnc are going to be one of the things i've learned having been in in politics a long time is it's not over until the fat lady sings you know you know i remember the times when you know the polls and everything will say it'll go a certain way and then it totally doesn't it's kind of what i may think today is definitely going to be different in a month or two you know especially Mm -hmm. who survives and who doesn't i think kamala is she's she's got a lot of things that are not going her way personally mm-hmm. i think she doesn't have the experience and she doesn't have the experience on a national you know podium so things come across as you know not probably the way she wants them i don't think she's taking things aggressively enough mm-hmm. you know um and really approaching it to try to solve it i think she's hiding behind I'm not sure what, but I think they're all, everyone's afraid to say the wrong thing, to go choose the wrong path or to worry. They're worried about what other people are going to say instead of maybe looking at what the issues are and looking at just black and white. I mean, I never thought I would say this, but I think that's going to have to be the approach because if you're worried about what the left or the left progressive or the right or whatever is going to say or think, you're Mm -hmm. never going to get anywhere. Because you're never going to be able to say anything. And I think that's where we're at. I mean, I think she's got a real issue. She should be down on the border trying to figure it out because um, there's some real issues there. And I don't believe being from the border that mainstream media is dealing with it. And she definitely isn't. And so, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. There could be people that surface out of the blue that can take a lead and be a leader. Maybe that's what we need. I don't know. But if she wants to run and win again in the second term, she's got a lot of work cut out ahead of her. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think, I think it was kind of clever on Biden's part a little bit because I think he kind of dumped the border on her. Um, yes. Because, I mean, that's really honestly, it's, it's a mess that is it's just such a mess that, you know, it's really, can you even fix that? Um, but, uh, and so he kind of dumps it on her and then he, you know, then it be time becomes her failure, not Biden's failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think that was kind of clever on his part because there was a lot of people talking I mean, already of, you know, Kamala is going to be running for president next, next election, which I wouldn't be surprised about if they break. Um, and, and, and so I, but I do think that a lot of people kind of don't on both sides, you know, both outside of, you know, her kind of her base, which is that, you know, kind of, um, you know, middle, uh, I'd say middle-aged, liberal-leaning, um, typically woman group. I don't think a ton of other people really like her. I think she has kind of the same thing with uh, Hillary, where she's not, a lot of people kind of find her, you know, distasteful. Um, mm, rash, maybe, harsh. Yeah, you know, so they're not biggest fans. I think, you know, like Gretchen Widmer also has that kind of issue. Right. Um, but I think really, if, if my guess is, I, I do think Joe Kennedy. Uh, Joe, do you? Joe Kennedy. Joe Kennedy the third. I think he has a he did get bigger because he, I mean you know he's he's always well, a Kennedy which never hurts right. despite you know the, the Democrats don't really have the populism that, that the Republicans do right now. So right. you know I mean I mean it's, it's by the, who look at 
who their biggest names were. You know, I mean, Joe Biden's the president. He's, you know, he was the former vice president. He's, you know, been around for in politics in the Senate for, you know, 40 years. So I think, you know, Kenny has that name. He also, I mean, you know, looks playing to. He's a good looking guy. Um, you know, he's got a family, he's, you know, with wife and uh, attractive wife, two kids, I think, three kids. Um, so he kind of, you know, fits into that kind of perfect kind of candidate thing and he, he's he's kind of progressive on a lot of stuff but not too progressive to kind of you know upset the the moderate democrats so i do think that there's a chance i mean obviously the the more the more uh socialist types don't like him but i, I think he has some you know down the road he has some you know a potential and then obviously on the right i think um you know ron DeSantis is i think kind of the uh the the future bear of the GOP, I think he's, you know, he's going to be huge. Um, I haven't met a single Republican, no matter where you are in the Republicanism, to, you know, far, far right to, you know, your neocon. Um, I haven't really met anyone who doesn't like Ron DeSantis on the right. I mean, everyone likes him. Everyone thinks he did a fantastic job in Florida. Everyone thinks he did a fantastic job as um, governor with uh, with COVID and, you know, not, not locking down, opening up a lot of his other stuff he's done. I mean... They, they like he has a little bit of like the Trump kind of you know I don't care but he's a little bit more polished and doesn't you know tweet as much and he's not as unpredictable as Trump was. Well, do you is. think Trump has a chance? Uh, I mean, I'm sure, I think he I think he could. I think I would I would hope he wouldn't. I would hope he would get behind someone. Um, I think Trump, you know, he he definitely has it. He he could just you know I think the name there's too much now to the name. Um, there's too much baggage there, and you know I, I just don't know if if really he could win a general. I think people don't, you know, people want. I don't know if people want President Trump again. Right. Um, myself included. I, you know, and I was a I was a Trump supporter. Um, and uh, and and I voted for him, but I don't necessarily want him as president again either. You know, I think he had a good run, but. Uh, well, let's talk about, you know, kind of had a segue there in, about uh, the governor of Florida. And, and I was wondering what you thought of the uh, voter ID uh, legislation he's passing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I think, another big thing that people like about him is a lot of the things he's passed have been kind of things that have been talked about. I mean, voter ID laws have been talked about now for, um, in conservative circles at least, for the last 10 years now. Um, and, he, and he's really the first person to really kind of you know start that ball he's kind of like the leader of, of the kind of republican governors when he does it now that a bunch of other ones do it mm-hmm. um but i mean i i think that personally i think you know the voter id laws are a good thing and this kind of whole spiel about how like minority people can't get ids is, is to me bizarre um mm-hmm. because you know I, I grew up in new york um every person has has an id white black you know um hispanic you have you know you have an id if you if you are an adult who you know wants to go to a bar or buy liquor or buy um you know cigarettes or buy what else do you need, uh, lottery tickets any of those things you need an id um you want you want to get into a bar uh you want to you know um so get on a plane like it, through every socioeconomic class you need an id uh, a state idea driver's license something like that and and so and I, to I get never... a cell phone right to get a cell phone you have to have yeah. an id yeah. everybody has a cell phone even the poorest guy on the street has a cell phone so you have to get Bank that accounts yeah i mean you, you, so the whole thing of, of you know oh um you know minority people to me it's a little classist and and i would say presumptive to act like you know black people and, you know, the, the projects of New York don't have the ability or the the understanding of how to get an ID. To me, is a little, I would be offended by that kind of notion because it's, one, not hard, and, and two, everyone has it. I mean, to it's just it's, it's just everyone has, has to have it. Um, you know, there are some people that don't. I fully agree with that, but it's, it's really small, you know, comparatively yeah. to the U.S. population. Um, and, I mean... Like I said, in my opinion, I, I think it's good. I think if you wanted to, you know, make a voter ID thing, um, and you can make it free, so that way there's no, you know, poll tax to it, um, and you have to go in and, you know, you can register just like to DMV wherever it is, 
Um, and yeah, you just go get a voter ID card if you want to make. And like I said, make it free, make it subsidized by the government. So then that way there's no poll tax around it. And, and I just really don't understand what the issue is because I, something as important as the vote in the democracy or the people who are running your country should not be something that's so taken so, you know, superficially or, or like, oh, well, you know, uh, we don't want people. I mean, I, I guess I can't find the logic in not wanting to make sure that somebody's a citizen of the country who's voting because mm. how else does somebody who's not a citizen how do they know what it is they want to vote for? Yes. Yeah. You know, you have to live here. You have to experience it, whether you're trying to get a job, start a business, go to school, or just get a job. You will find reasons in which you want to vote for somebody to enhance the laws or to, you know, make them either stricter or make them stronger or make them more open or make them easier, whatever. But it's your experience living in that country. So. Mm -hmm. I, I don't get it, and I think it is something. I mean, I don't know any other country in the world that doesn't that just lets anybody walk off the street mm -hmm. and vote for somebody. So it doesn't make any sense. Now I understand that there he's also doing something that's unique with the professors and universities, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So he kind of has. Um, there was a bunch of people talking the same. They had it was like a registry of political beliefs and stuff like that. Um, which it wasn't actually true. It was kind of just a headline um, saying that uh, basically, you know, you have to register what your political belief is with the state. It, basically, what it is is that it's they're going to assess um, intellect, like intellectual freedom and uh, viewpoint diversity. And I'm reading off of their their uh, their website at public colleges and universities. So basically, they're going to rate it on, you know, are you able to uh, are you able to basically espouse, you know, whatever your viewpoint is on anything without fear of reprisal from this faculty. Are you able to kind of have that there, you know, there isn't that kind of classic, uh, you know, teacher or professor that, you know, is kind of overbearing. If you disagree with him, you're going to fail the class. Um, I was I was lucky. I, I didn't have that in college. I, have, I had a couple um, as, you know, someone who was conservative. I had a couple, um, you know, definitely liberal leaning teachers. Mm -hmm. uh, they they, to, at least as far as I knew, they never did anything like that. They were, you know, f they were, you know, free to kind of have your own point. Granted, I was in um, the business school, so that's definitely a little bit more, leans a little bit more kind of to center-right conservative. But still, I mean, I did have teachers that I knew were, were you know, Democrats and were active. And, and personally, I didn't experience it, so I can't say. But I do know people in my school that did, um, you know. Well it's interesting because, of course, I went to school and got a degree in international relations, and um, we had I had teachers that were both conservative and and liberal, but you know I took classes for both of them, and there were debates, but it helped kind of finalize in my mind where I was leaning to. But I gather that now it's a different type of thing that if you do have a different viewpoint, you are penalized for it. So this registry would be something that's in Florida, that's a registry where students could write to or say that they were being um, discriminated against because of their beliefs? Is that what you're so, saying? Yes. Yeah, so I think basically um, what it is is that you can, because you can do that now, but basically what the, what Florida is going to do is they're going to basically uh, take those, you know, you can file a complaint against a teacher for that. So things like that, as well as, you know, independent assessments, stuff like that. Um, and then that's going to actually affect funding for the school. So a school that, you know, has a higher rate of or I guess a lower score of uh, intellectual freedom and viewpoint diversity or diversity of opinions, um, I guess, would receive less money. You know, it kind of goes into that. They have that big, you know, kind of complicated matrix of how they fund schools. But that would right. go as like an, uh, the higher score is the higher your multiplier for that is. So you, you would receive more funding if you're seen as more diverse um, through uh, through viewpoints. Wow, very interesting. Yeah, um, and then and then the state would then figure out how they were going to fund if, if a college had diversity in opinions and people felt that whether it was a conservative or a liberal who was teaching them, they could still be able to to debate with them and speak their mind. Then that would right. be something that would be okay. Okay, that's yeah. that, that. I mean, that's an interesting concept. I'd like to see how it actually plays out. I mean, I, I think that's the thing is, is just, you know, I think a lot of people feel on on both sides that, you know, it, there really isn't any ability to, one, 
openly kind of have a different difference of opinion because I think now there's you know a lot of mud slinging kind of on if you have a different opinion you know um, for example on the, on the right you know if you if you think if you just wanted you know I mean and, and, and sometimes silly stuff but you know if you want maybe to talk about how you know you get you know cancer COVID and, and then you get you know your medical bill goes you know five million dollars and you might say oh well I don't think that's right you know, you kind of get labeled as like, oh, well, you're like a communist or a socialist. I think socialist is like the word that gets thrown around all the time. Um, and then on the left, it's it's the same exact thing. You know, you can you know say, well, maybe I don't hate every cop, and it's you know you're racist. So they're really right. the same exact thing. Where both words are just kind of thrown so much now that neither one really means anything because you know what everything's socialist, everything's racist now, depending on what side you are. So. I was just talking to a father whose daughter was going to UCLA and was complaining that her she felt she was getting political, uh, I guess, an agenda um, discussed in her math class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really is to the point where, you know, um, it's about teaching and learning. It's not about, you know implementing your agenda on your students. That should never be what a professor does. He just should make open the mind to different ideas and let that student decide what they are, you know, Mm -hmm. not trying to implant or imprint what his beliefs are. So, you know, it's, it's, it is, it's a very interesting concept. It will be interesting to see how that all works and plays out because I could see a lot of issues, you know, whether you're for or against it, but it's actually a decent idea. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, well, and that's the kind of thing is, is why is a political discussion happening in math class? And right. That's the, you know, that's the, the biggest issue I guess I have with that. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, there's a time and place for that. But, you know, I think it would be weird if you were in your, you know, you know, political science class and then they start having a you know debate over division. You know, I think there's a little bit of like or multiplication, you know, it's like, well, this isn't really the time and place for that. So, <laughs> right. You know, well, I'm. I'm sorry not to interrupt you, but I know we're trying to stay on a, we, we can, can get off course and we're going to be bringing on um, our guest in at about seven, I think seven thirty or seven, we can take a break seven twenty five, and maybe you can just give a little heads up to the audience um, who our guest is after the break. Yeah, definitely. So um, real quick, I mean, it's a, a friend of mine, um, his name is Michael and he's actually been, um, he's someone who, you know, wants to kind of get into politics a little bit, but he basically has had, um, kind of doesn't have come from a political family, doesn't really come from any kind of political background, never was involved in college or, or school or anything, um, you know, graduated kind of completely devoid of politics. And so we're trying to get, get with him because, um, you know, kind of in this world, everyone you talk to kind of has some in with politics and you kind of don't hear from really from, I mean, the majority of Americans who really, you know, unfortunately, and the thing we're trying to stop, who, you know, don't have anything really to do with the political system outside of maybe voting once every four years. And um, and that, that's a huge portion of our population. You know, people just really, when it really comes down to it, don't participate in politics whatsoever. Right. Um, you know, maybe outside of Twitter or Facebook. Um, and and that, you know, at the end of the day, that that doesn't mean anything. I, I like to tell, always tell people, like, you know, you can have, you know, ten thousand followers or ten thousand followers on Twitter, but that doesn't matter because, really, at the end of the day, I mean, what you do online is 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 a fraction of, you know, what really matters is are you involved in the political power process in the real world? And right. So, um, so with that said. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, go to break. Yeah, we will so that we be can bring, going to break, uh, and then we will have um, Mike will be on when we get back. That sounds good. For most of humanity, there's been a system of government where a small minority rules over the people. From emperors to monarchs to oligarchs, the will of the people, the desire for self-determination has been repressed. A group of visionaries envisioned a nation ruled by its citizens, one where leaders were chosen by its people to be held accountable. Hence, the United States of America was born. That dream of democracy has been defiled. We find today our nation is run by a minority not held accountable to its people. Instead, special interests and money are the driving forces of our government. 
At Candidates Platform, we look to restore that vision. Our goal is twofold, to educate voters on the issues of the candidates running for local and state office and to give the citizen the opportunity to run for office by having a simple, intuitive, cost-effective place to manage their campaign. Let's work together to restore democracy to the people. All right, welcome back to the CP Show. This is your host, Diego Vlasic, with my co-host, Kathleen. How are you doing? Everyone, hope everyone's doing good. <laughs> we're doing good after that break. Yeah. Yeah, we're having a little bit of... Uh, Michael is having, I guess, a good time in the Bahamas. Is that what he's at? <laughs> so yes, he's yeah. trying to connect with us. Um, and so we'll continue to talk, and hopefully he'll be calling in, and he'll be able to connect, and we can talk to him about what he's up to. So yeah. meanwhile, Diego, um, I kind of, I don't want to get into another subject until it comes on because we can get, you know, like critical race theory or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, definitely an, it's definitely an interesting one and kind of ties in, you know, I think another one that everyone has an opinion about, um, you know, it's, it's definitely something I actually will say, you know, I, I don't, I haven't read it myself. Um, I kind of, have a vague understanding of what it is. Um, and so I think a lot of people kind of a, make a lot of assumptions on what it is, but it's definitely divisive. You know, it's, it's definitely something that's, you know, kind of outside of the the norm of what I would say a lot of people kind of think is is kind of the correct thing to teach, especially children. Right. Um, well, and I, well, I think the this? other... No, I haven't. I mean, I've heard a lot about it, but the one issue that I have heard that was on the air a lot last week was where the Navy, the, you know, general in charge of the Navy is requiring that all the enlisted enlistees mm -hmm. read critical race theory or read a right. book about it. Right. And so there was a lot of debate about, is this a good thing? Because what I think has happened to the military since I worked in it, you know, in the eighties where Patricia Schroeder and even wrote an uh, alternative military budget for the, the Black Caucus was that it has become diversified and to the point where, you know, everyone is kind of, it's a melting pot. Mm -hmm. And so the, what they're saying is this is a kind of reading that doesn't create that melting pot effect. In fact, it makes, why would you want to serve for a country that is being, you're being told is racist, I mean, is, is in its roots, kind of like it will never change, why would you want to do that? I mean, why would you want to fight? Yeah. You know, for a country that, um, that, that basically you're going to put your life on the line for a country that is a racist country. It just doesn't make any sense. I think, yeah, and I, I think that's the big thing is, is that it's, it's something that, you know, it, it looks through... It's really my. I, I really do think the issue is is that it it's something that where you look through all, everything in the U.S. kind of through the film or the 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 screen of race, which is kind of something that for the last at least since you know the civil rights movement, I think people have always tried to not do. You know, it's kind of seen as you know you're supposed to kind of look. Uh, I mean, kind of like the Martin Luther King thing. You're not um, not on the color of my skin, but on, the, on my character and personality. I butchered that quote, but um, yeah, you did. yeah. <laughs> whatever, you know, what I'm talking about, um, but it's, it's one of those things where I think everyone has kind of been trained and conditioned to try and avoid looking at things through race, right. you know? Um, and, and so kind of that, that kind of classic colorblind, you know, kind of mentality. Um, and so I think that's, that's, I think where most people's biggest issue is, is that, you know, see uh, critical race theory is basically you look at everything through race, you know, kind of right. through the lens of race and, and how race intersects with that. And it's been something that's kind of been moving forward. I mean, recently, you know, I'd say feminism has had kind of critical race theory for the last, you know, five years, you know, with kind of intersectional feminism. Um, and, and I don't understand what that means. When you start saying intersectional feminism, I, I this is one of my biggest complaints is that, <laughs> you know, it's like 30 and below have taken the vocabulary that we all know and then change it like what is, what does that mean intersectional feminism what does yes. that mean so it's it's essentially it's it's what it's basically just 
feminism, but with critical race theory. So it's feminism, what? but you look at everything through not only gender, but also race. So, so know, I'm yes. going to look at, like as everyone doesn't is, is feels that females are inferior. Is that what I'm supposed to do? So, no, no, no. So it's, it's what it is, is that, you know, women have had, you know, the, the you know, have been oppressed for, you know, the, the, the reasons that kind of the reasons that feminism believes in, you know, men have, uh, you know, women haven't had equal rights, stuff like that. But it kind of goes a little further and says, on top of that, you know, black women um, and, uh, and uh, you know, Hispanic women have had an increased burden for that because they're not only are they women, they're also like black women or they're also like um, Hispanic women. So it's, it's kind well, of, that's where critical race theory has been around for a little while. You know? It seems to me that it's very much victim-based you know, I'm a victim, I'm a victim. Instead of teaching us how to overcome and pers- you know, persevere, it's like, okay, well, we didn't get where we're going, but it's because I'm a woman and I'm a black woman, or I'll say this, I'm a woman and I'm an Hispanic woman, or I'm a woman who's Hispanic but looks white. So I've been oppressed from both sides. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that is not the way to approach things. You have to go above, and, you know, I remember growing up, you know, you, you rise above it by thinking things above it but if we in emerge ourselves into this thinking that we're oh well it's always been racist and we've not been able to do what we wanted to do because of race and it's always going to be that way i just don't understand where the growth happens where where does everyone come to join hands if you're blaming all of your failures on the fact of race or and all these other little subcategories, okay? Not only is it race, but it's because I'm a woman. Oh, not only because I'm a woman, but I'm also a Hispanic woman. You know, um, when quite frankly right now to be a Hispanic woman and own your business, you get more funding and more opportunities than in any other situation. It's it's definitely gotten really silly. I mean, one thing I want to <laughs> kind of just bring up because I, I really do think it's hilarious you were telling me about was um, – uh, my uh so kathleen took her mother to um to the doctor and uh she's a, she's an 88 year old woman you know um just you know someone and so she had this form and it had all that you know gender race everything my favorite was that they had a question about what her housing situation is and you know this is of that generation i think probably still calls them like bums you know that was like the, the terminology i think homeless was was considered like a revolutionary pc word back in the day um but uh, they asked her, you know, what her housing situation was. And it was the, uh, you know, myself, a millennial, I didn't know what half of these were. I don't know what doubling up means. I'm imagining it means maybe like you Two share people, a room with someone. I guess. Um, but it had, you know, doubling house, like not homeless, which is what she is. Um, and they put like street. Right. And so she put, because she lives on a street, <laughs> she put street. But that what that means officially, she signed saying that she is, she lives on the street, not on a street. Well, right, well street. wouldn't the homeless and, 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 and the street, wouldn't that be one of the same? That's well, what I, I would think. And I have to say that, you know, my my mother, we're taking her to this clinic that gets basically government funding, so we yeah. all pay for this, um, which basically has been geared for illegals, I, I, I really think. But they get, like, you know, millions of dollars every year. But the one that I started getting her, the first question was just great because it said, what is your birth gender? Okay, now at first we didn't think about a birth gender, okay, male, female, other. My mom's like, what do you mean other? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I guess that may, she goes, well, how can you be another? Um, and and um, we said, okay, well, uh, we'll put female. Then the second one was, what is your current gender? Uh, so that started getting her blood pressure. What do they mean, current gender? I'm still a female. Well, you can do male, female, other. Then it was your gender pronouns, which got her going because it was like, I don't know, queer gender, this, all kinds of stuff. Then it was sexual sexual orientation. Were you heterosexual, bisexual, uh, gay, genderqueer, which really got her because we had <laughs> learned for a long time that queer you know, I mean, they worked very hard to get queer taken out of the gay community. I mean, years and years and years in the 80s, you know, people used to call gay people queer. And that was that was an awful thing to call them. And they fought very hard to get rid of that word. Now it's back. It's that it's okay. And mm-hmm. then there was, I don't know, and other. 
And then it went into the homelessness. So let's just say that by the time my mother got in <laughs> to see the doctor and they took her blood pressure, it was 198. Yeah. You know, and it was like, I was thinking to myself, and she was saying, well, what are they, what is their business? What my sexual orientation, do I put there? I want more sex, but I'm 88. Is that what they want to know? <laughs> I was just like, I don't think that's what they want to know. But I, I mean, I didn't understand what these questions were for. That's and, a perfect, oh, sorry, go ahead. You know, and, and I think that's a real question, really something that we need to realize is happening because this is a government funded health clinic. And this is where your taxpayer money is going to the seven ridiculous questions. And what are they going to do with that information? Get more funding? Well, and, and that's the thing is I think that's where it's. I think that's kind of where where we you need to use a little common sense and and it's if you are for or against you know having all these questions and different identities and stuff I think we can all agree that it doesn't really need to go to um you know to to people when if someone's 88 I don't think they need the form that asks them you know what gender um what gender do we are you you know we don't really need that that kind of form i think we can maybe stick with especially for you know people i'd say even 60 and up who i don't even think they know what these things are now and it's very um, very you know i don't want to interrupt you i just want to see we were having issues trying to get mike on from the bahamas mike are you here with us diego do you oh, hear him? i do not i think um you know mike i think we're having a little bit of trouble connecting i know we're in a group we're in a chat with him i know you're you're trying to get in um i think we're gonna have to bring him on at another time maybe when he comes back to the states we can um reschedule because we're already it's 742 and i know that mike i have a lot of questions for you i know you can hear me we can't hear you um but definitely we'll want to bring you back on the show so maybe um we can talk with you or you can reach out to diego and and um we can we can bring you back because I'd really like to hear what you have to say. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it would definitely we really, you know, the whole point of the show is really to bring people um, to kind of bring people into the conversation and, and especially um, especially people who really aren't, you know, you're kind of your people, people like us, I guess, who are political nerds, you know. <laughs> right. um, and so. Um, so yeah, so I, I think we'd love to have you back. I, I'm sorry we weren't able to get connected with you, um, but you know next time we will definitely have you back on, um, and we'll uh, basically you know when you're back in the states, it'll definitely be a little bit easier. So right, right. Enjoy, enjoy Bahamas. <laughs> yes, and have a margarita or a pina yeah. colada on me, definitely. But um, getting back to this mm-hmm. this form of the clinic, it, it really it it kind of shocked me because. First of all, you know, I kind of think I'm hip. I kind of think I'm, I, I, I'm, you know, can talk to younger people. It's kind of like I'm not like, you know, old and staid. But it really took me, what, what is this information about and for? Why do they need, why does anyone need to know what my pronoun is? How is that mm-hmm. going to help me with my, my health care? Yeah. And, and I think I can understand maybe, you know, sexual orientation because there's certain diseases, diseases. that, yes. um, that you know are are kind of associated with that uh that you have if you're you know heterosexual or homosexual and i can even see maybe you know uh gender transition but again i just think it it needs to be geared we still need to remember that not you know and this is more of of the i would say the the gen x and the the millennials and and then also you know the, the people who are in power who make these policies that you know we might be this might be there for the long for the long haul um but really, when it comes down to it, you know, they're, they're, the people before us are still around. And, you know, yes. I think to to burden them with this when it wasn't something that existed in their life. And I think especially as they're, you know, if, if people aging, you know, the, their 80s, the, the greatest generation. I don't think we need to be bothering them with this when and, and- they're not they don't really have anything to do with it is, is kind of how I look at it. No, for instance, okay, so you're asking my sexual orientation and on a health form. You straight, are you, I mean, does it really matter? Maybe you should be, are you sexually active? Mm-hmm. Um, are you sexually active, um, you know, maybe you could say, you know, heterosexual, bisexual, gay, or other. 
you don't have to give them six other different yeah. categories to to associate with. You know, I mean, because if you really just want to deal with, okay, is this person socially active? Is he possibly transmitting or she transmitting or what they transmitting diseases? How do we get a grasp on that? Um, okay, but I don't think I you need to then start giving like the seven different and there's more than that I gather you know queer gender and on and on and on I don't think that that's necessary but I'd like to know why they made that decision in that clinic that they felt the need to collect this data mm-hmm. and and why when you're asking somebody your living situation why wouldn't you put a house apartment as one of those possibilities <laughs> It it was definitely I mean I mean saying not homeless is is trying is to enough. well because and that was one of the options was you know are you not homeless and I think you know I, I hate to say it but but being not homeless is the default it should kind of be you know um, there there was I think five options for right. someone who was homeless and then because um, what I from what I understand I think those are all different types of homeless so you know there are people who live. You know, in a on shelter. a street, in a shelter, they bounce around from shelters, or they live, you know, with someone. They don't own the home, but you know, they, they kind of just stay rent free, or you know, they have a structure that's not a house, and they have like a camp somewhere. Um, but there was, like I said, five different types of homeless, and one type of of non homeless, and I just find that very bizarre because because the default is to not be homeless. You know. The right, overwhelming that's what majority you... of people are not homeless. It's not like you know, um, I think it's ninety, what ninety-eight percent of people are, are have homes. You know, and and, and so you know, I, I guess the thing is, is that I, I think that Americans have to kind of wake up because this is happening. We, we may be sitting complacent watching the Phoenix Suns or whatever baseball, the Dodgers, or whatever it is, sports that seems to make us so excited about um while we're doing that there's all this other stuff that is happening that we're not aware of that nobody we don't vote on we don't get to say okay yeah spend my taxpayer money that way i mean those forms had to be all reprinted they probably and it's all being paid by by taxes Mm -hmm. so you know it's kind of like at a point where where is all this money going to and for what reason are they doing this? I mean, mm-hmm. is it really um, whether my sexual orientation or whether my, what is it, I guess, my gender is, I, I, I mean, I'm even confused. When I finally got to that seventh box that talked about, you know, because I was filling out the paperwork for the homeless or the job, the housing situation, I put street for her because I couldn't figure it out. I mean, the not homeless was the very bottom one, very like, you know, off to the side. And so I got kind of stuck on trying to figure out what doubling up was and um, a shelter. Okay. But the street, so we went for a street because we figured, well, she does live on a street in a house, (laughs) you know, on a street. So we figured that was the best option. But I, I guess I, I just, I'm trying to understand why we're moving so quickly where the norm now is to be queer gender or all the, and have, I don't know how many pronouns and be born. But I I still can't get over birth gender. You still are either born male or female. Mm -hmm. That has not changed. There is, yes, a very few, very few percentage that are born with both organs, but that's not even, you know, uh, 1%. So what is the purpose of that? Well, and I think that's that's the other thing is is we're, we're we're in a rush to include everybody, and I think on accident, I think I think they're well intentioned, but I think on accident they end up ex, they end up excluding a lot of people because right. I think it, it ostracizes people and makes people, you know, kind of um, you know kind of unsure of, of what all this is, and and really honestly, if you're not um, super involved, I mean, there's so many new terms, and and, and I'm I stayed fairly up on it but i mean i don't really myself know exactly what genderqueer is um and i you know i you know i I kind of understand what the new non-binary stuff is but it's just well what is that non-binary is you don't really know you're attracted to everyone so it's like you're just not you, you don't consider yourself male or female 
and what? so like a transgender person is someone who's like well no i'm a, i'm a, i was born a man but i'm i'm a, I'm a woman and then right first a non-binary person is someone who doesn't feel as either and now as i understand it it can range from i'm no gender to i'm a different gender to i feel like i'm both do i feel like i switch from one to the other brand? you know what don't you think that that person needs help figuring it out? Don't you don't you think that allowing them to keep on wandering and not knowing who they are could be detrimental to their mental health? I mean, I think they they clearly don't know. Um, that's a good that's, way to, that's a good point. I mean, I, I just I feel, I feel sorry for them. Yeah, I mean, because it's, it's... how can you go through life not knowing what you are, and how can we encourage that? Oh, continue to not know who you are. And here's a couple more categories. If you're confused, we can give you some more to think maybe you are that or maybe you're not. I, I mean, do, do they think about what they're doing to these people? I think it's, I mean, it's also, it's, it's this weird club. I mean, it's, it's, I, you know, I'm going to be completely candid here. I, I do sometimes enjoy just reading, um, reading it and, and, and kind of following it. Because I think, sometimes I think a lot of these people are just messing around. I, I, I can't imagine they're serious. But um, there was a couple, and I think, and this is just, I, I love to have these kind of, you know, kind of talk about these. It's just, they're just so out there. But there was a couple that um, they said that they felt really together and they felt like, you know, they, they, they knew each other so well, so well, in fact, that, that they couldn't have just been the three years they were dating. So they went and did like a astrology meditation and they realized that they were a lesbian couple from the 1500s in, nine, um, in Ireland that was reincarnated. Because um, one of the couple's family found out and they burned her for being a witch. Um, and this was, I don't know if it's serious or not, but it is what they were saying. And um, it, it's just, I think you did this. So where were they born in? Where were they born as now? They were, it was a man and a woman. Okay. Who was previously born, kind of reincarnated as, as lesbian, Irish lesbians in the 16th century. Um who were burned okay. at the stake. Um, <laughs> that might have been a little bit difficult to be gay back then, but I would imagine. Why so, would they have been reincarnated as two women again? I, I don't know. Maybe that's not how reincarnation works. Maybe you <laughs> don't reincarnate the same so gender. So is that is there there a category for that? Uh, you, I'm sure there is. That's the thing. <laughs> I think you just get in this echo chamber of of internet culture, um, and I think you just you it. I think it kind of becomes a little bit of like who can top the other one, you know. Right. So I, I, I think I have three theories, and I think each one is worse than the next. So my first theory is that a lot of them are just doing it for, you know, just to fit in and, and just, you know, joking around or whatever. And I think that's the best option. And the second option, which I think is a little worse, is that they're, um, is that they're all serious and they really believe these things. Um, and then the third option is, is well, maybe they're right. And that's not the serious <laughs> one. <laughs> well, listen, I, I don't know. I think that, that, that when you wander around your life being so unsure of what and who you are, mm-hmm. I, I, I would think that that just would be not the best situation. And giving, like I said before, now making you say, hey, it's okay to feel you know, like you're something like you, maybe you're an alien that, that has never had sex and doesn't know what it is. I, I mean, I don't know. That's what it feels like. They're making it up just to make everything chaotic or yeah. or, or have chaos. And I'm not sure that that's going to be beneficial to them mm-hmm. in the long run. I, I, I just can't, I agree. I, can't, I mean, how do you, there are things that you must know in your life. And one of them is to know who you are. And it seems like these people now are being told, don't don't know who you are. Just you could just make it up as you go. It's only going to make them feel less settled, less part of something. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't know. I'm sure there will be a lot of people say, no, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And that's freedom. But you know, sometimes that kind of freedom isn't really freedom. It just puts you in in, in chains in itself. Cool. You know. I, don't know. I think the biggest the biggest thing to take away from this is is that whatever your opinion of um, gender queer and non-binary people, um, you should run and you should you know voice your get your opinions um, on on the ballot. And the best way know. you should run the best way you should run is you should use candidates platform. Um, yes. to, I don't you know. know. I, I will I will counsel you and help you find out who you are if you really are that unsure. Because I think you need to know who you are, at least as far as your gender 
So or what you, you are, and if you know, yeah, you can get. So some there you go. You, if you run for office, Kathleen will be your therapist, <laughs> and that that was that is a legal binding promise. So, um, just let me know. Send me an I'll email, get, and I'll, I'll give you her phone number. I'll go get uh, malpractice. I'll go get my license degree. I will give you her cell phone number and just just call her and, and tell her that you don't know what gender you are and I and and I think you know just if she doesn't answer just keep calling you know she'll answer eventually so yeah and I, I do want to help people out because I think this is something that I'll try to guide you I'll try to do something I'll try but to help in all seriousness I mean I do think that these kind of issues that we've talked about today are really they are important and I, I think people really should use um can use Canada's platform to to just get involved and and you know whatever your kind of um whatever your viewpoint on anything really is you know the, the biggest thing about Canada's platform you know talking about uh I think we would get a perfect score when it comes to uh Ron DeSantis and his um uh intellectual freedom and viewpoint diversity <laughs> score index because our entire platform is we're not going to censor you whatever you believe Keep yes. it legal, but outside of that, whatever you believe, um, you know, it, it, it's the it's the market of marketplace of ideas, and we think we I know for a fact that the best ideas are going to go forward, and so we're not the arbiters of of who can run. If you can run, then you can be on our website and use our website and and advance your your political ideology, and it's it's just right. really simple as that. And I think we, we 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 definitely believe in in everyone has a right to their opinion and their view, and as founders of the Canada's platform, we have our opinions and our view, and we believe that you do too. And I guess with that, we might have a minute or two left. Um, maybe you can talk about our next guest. Yes. So our next guest is in the states, so um, that'll be better. Uh, they are they are in our country, but um, it's actually a long term friend of mine, Zoe from. From college and um she is actually going to be talking to us she went to law school and she was actually she actually is the person who kind of brought me into politics and she will be talking about kind of why she left politics um and you know part of it obviously is, is she's a lawyer now she's uh she's a clerk for um the da i believe or a judge or something um and so she kind of you know has has faded away from it and i kind of can't blame her but i kind of want to talk you know we talked a lot about people who have been in politics and people who are want to be in politics but i think it's really going to be interesting to see kind of how politics sometimes fails people and the system we have it kind of you know excludes people and 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 it's it's i mean i'm sure you you know kathleen you can tell people for probably a whole hour of just how dirty and, and harsh it can be yeah um and you know so i think we also need to really um but, you know kind of kind of delve into that but uh, i think we're running out of time so anyway yeah. as always hope you have a wonderful fantastic saturday night it's been a joy being here with you guys and kind of having a little bit of our cp viewpoints so from us to you have a great weekend see you in two weeks yep oh and happy uh, july 4th happy independence day for now it's fine waste of our time 